You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today, we're on episode 229, and today's topic is things to consider when only doing air testing for toxic mold. So last week we talked about purchasing a home and what you should expect. And I kind of dove into the whole what types of testing you should do fairly quickly. And so it kind of just gave me an idea as to the topic for this one. And it's something that it seems to be a hot topic. Testing itself is always, I'm not even sure how to say this, but even amongst us professionals, we... I would say debate, they might say argue, but we debate back and forth quite often as to what should be done, what's accurate, what's acceptable and all that. So I figured it was a good subject to talk about. Anyhow, it's the middle of October, so I hope all of you are doing well, enjoying the cooler weather. Uh, For those of you that live out west, we already got some snow a couple weeks ago. We got a little bit of snow on top of the mountains, so it's not going to be long. Snow's going to be down on the ground and we're going to be plowing snow so hopefully all of you are are prepared for winter i know i never am my wife she uh she does not like the winters especially up here in wyoming they're they can be brutal uh we we live at a fairly high elevation and uh last winter was it was it was a pretty rough winter so anyhow hope all of you are doing well i appreciate all of you for listening our audience just keeps growing and growing quickly And we couldn't do all this without any of you. So I appreciate all of that. And I do appreciate those of you that uh, trust me enough to reach out, book consultations, VPAs, buy my books, or even if you just reach out and ask some simple questions. So as I've always said, I try to respond to everybody. Um, A lot of times I respond and I don't hear back. 
And sometimes I get told that uh, my emails end up in your junk folder. So if you do reach out to me, you will get an email from me. And sometimes I don't know why it ends up in your junk folder. But you can always reach out at info at cnccontractorservices.com. You can go to our website. You can fill out the contact us form. My assistant, uh, for the most part, if there are questions she cannot answer or take care of, she'll forward the emails to me. But just monitor your junk folders if you're if you're ever reaching out. And if you're reaching out for anything, um, we've asked in the past, which I'm always um, open to having guests. Uh, I have a lot of people that reach out, and it just doesn't seem like a good fit. Dr. Fox so far is the only one we've done. We've had a few other doctors reach out, but it's it's a lot of work to do a podcast with other guests. You know, my wife's on the podcast. She's obviously here right here recording with me, but uh, to, to have other guests, you know, we have to do it via Zoom and we do it for the video portion of it and all that. And it, anyhow, it's just a pain. So, but uh, feel free to reach out to me if you do have any questions. So back to to our topic itself, you know, is air testing by itself an accurate way to do air, or, you know, to measure the quality of air in your home? I don't believe so. And I'll just explain why. So we have lots of different types of testing out there. Um, the Ermi and Hertz me testing, uh, that's a Dr. Schumacher protocol. It's a, it's a DNA based testing. It's something that I'm not a big fan of. Um, I've done a couple episodes about it. I've evolved a little bit as far as I understand why people do that testing, but I'm still not a big fan. And it doesn't mean that it's the wrong way. It's just the biggest problem I have with that type of testing is first and foremost, there's no inspections done with it. So you can come back with a number that's fairly high and I don't know the exact numbers, but I think if you're over like six or eight, that's where the red flags come up. But anyhow, if you just send those results to someone like myself that I deal with this all the time, I can't give you a definitive answer as to the air quality in your home because I never did an inspection. So, you know, the ERMI testing to me is just, it's, there's a place for that. And to me, that's more of when you get the doctors involved. As a, a certified mold inspector, mold mitigation contractor, I just don't think it's the proper type of testing for what we're doing. And honestly, the reason why is, is because we care more about the property conditions than just the test results. And taking a rag around the house and swiping it in how many other places you swipe it in, to me is not. It's not an accurate way to test. But if you do have a doctor involved like Dr. Fox, of course they're going to recommend that. And there's... I. I'm totally behind all that. I, I believe at that point it is necessary because they can take the mold types uh, from the results of your ERMI test and look at your medical testing, which can be urine or blood testing for mycotoxin testing, and they can correlate the mold types that were found in the ERMI test versus what's in your body. And we could do that too with air testing and, and tape lifts and an inspection, but it's, you know, it's a lot, it's like I said, it's DNA based testing for ERMI. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if you have a doctor involved and you're going down that road, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, I think as professionals and, and most of us will say this, we're not fans of ERMI because it, it's kind of a do it yourself test and, and it's not done with an inspection. And so we just, we have no idea what, what we're looking at. And it, it does bring up something else. Um, and I'll get back to the different types of testing. But when you do the do-it-yourself 
ways of doing things. I get it. It's cheaper than paying a professional, but you got to remember that, you know, we see this every day and we are a third party. We, you know, you have a vested interest and you're going to have a bias when it's your own home um, versus someone like myself. My interest is in protecting you and your health, not, you know, determining if your home's safe and, you know, if you're a good cleaner or whatnot. So anyhow, um, back to the different types of testing. So, so you have that, the PCR testing, the, the Hermine that hurts me. You also have uh, the air testing that we do. We do air testing with aerosol cassettes. There's different cassettes you can use out there. That's just the brand I use. It's probably the most common brand. Zephon is the manufacturer of that. And then also we can do direct sampling. And so direct sampling would be like tape lifts, swabs. A tape lift is literally a piece of scotch tape that's attached to a slide. We take it out. It comes in a little, for us, it comes in a little uh, container that uh, keeps it safe, I guess is the best way and to say it. Anyhow, we take it out of its little little sleeve that it's in and we actually literally pull the protective cover off the tape, put it right on the wall or the desk or whatever we're testing, and then put it back in there. Swab is literally like a Q-tip. Most uh, I'll just say the labs that I use. The two labs that I use don't like the swabs, and they'll still analyze them, but their take on it, which makes complete sense to me, is if you're taking a swab, this Q-tip, and you're rolling it back and forth over a surface, it can really make it difficult to analyze that under the microscope for the the microbiologist. So they prefer a tape lift. Just to be clear, any types of testing that we do, this is why I'm not a fan of Ermi. If I do a tape lift, it is only done in one spot. So if I'm taking that tape lift and I'm using the top of your bookshelf in your office, that is the only spot that I'm doing it. I don't take a sample from that bookshelf and then go down into your family room and take another sample with that same tape on top of the baseboard. The reason behind that is, is once again, you can contaminate the sample itself. Uh, the clarity will be very difficult for the lab technician to analyze it. And also to me, most importantly, we don't know where that mold came from. So if the lab comes back and says, yeah, this tape lift, let's just say it's sample number four, it came back with you know, Clotosporium, Penicillium aspergillus, Stachybotrys, which is the black mold, toxic molds, what a lot of people say, but as we've talked about, lots of molds can produce mycotoxins. But anyhow, I don't know where that came from if they're telling me those mold types are present. So how do I come back to use my client? And I say, hey, you know, this is the tape lift we took, and this is what the lab's telling us. There is toxic mold. And you say to me, well, Steve, so so how do you know? Did it come from the bookshelf in my office or did it come from the baseboard in the family room? I have no way of telling you. Like, I don't know. So as much as it, it sucks to have to charge people more because we have to pay per sample we send to the lab, it's it's not based on, you know, we can send 10 samples and it costs a certain price. It's every sample is what we're charged. You have to pay that extra lab fee. And to me, it's worth it. I know, you know, I believe, and it changes, our lab fees are changing all the time, so are 
is our equipment. So the price should be about $60 to $100 per sample that's sent to the lab. You might find cheaper companies, but anyhow. But that's why it's only done in one spot. And it's the same we do with an air test. I Every time we do air tests, we have to do an outside sample. That's our baseline. Unless we're dealing with, I was there, you know, a couple weeks ago and I already have an outside sample. If I do something within 30 days, and this is just my protocols, if it's been within 30 days, I don't run a second baseline just because we have already done that. Now, you know, if, if it I did a test right after a really heavy rainstorm, then of course, even two weeks later, I probably want to run another test. So for you professionals that are listening, that's my protocol. You can disagree with it. But anyhow, um, for an air test, we always need a baseline sample. Whether we did it that trip or two weeks prior, doesn't really matter. But then we do one sample per area. So if you have, let's just say a a ranch style home over a basement. So you have three levels. You come in on the main level, you have a basement below it, and then you have a second level above it. We always try to sample each level. Now, when I do mold inspections, it does only include two tests. So if I'm doing an air test, it's only going to include the outside sample and let's just say the main level. That's just how I operate. But anyhow, um, if we're going to run an air test on each level, I don't take one aerosol cassette and run it for five minutes on the main level, then take it downstairs and run it for five minutes again. I don't split it. I don't go two and a half minutes on the main level, two and a half in the basement. Once again, the reason behind that is I have no idea when I get the lab results back where those molds came from. So my point is this, is it should only come from one area. Each cassette, each tape lift, each swap should only come from one place. And typically what we would do is you know, every level, as long as the client's willing to pay. Um, if they're not, then, you know, that's just a different scenario. So going back to why, why isn't air testing by itself an accurate way to determine the air quality? Different mold types have different consistencies. So I said this last week, I say it all the time, stachybotrys, which is people call black mold, it's a heavier, stickier mold. So it's not always airborne you're more likely to find that on top of baseboards, on top of desks, bookshelves, in the HVAC ducts. It doesn't mean because it's not airborne that it's it can't make you sick. Obviously, it's got to enter your body when it's airborne. But my point is, is it's not always airborne. And different mold types have different consistencies. So that's why it's important to not only do air testing. And for the professionals out there that are listening, you probably agree with me. Some of you might not. But It's just not accurate, in my opinion, to only do air testing. So what's the scenario? I'm sure a lot of you want to hear like, okay, Steve, if I had you come over and you did an inspection on our house, let's say it's that three level that I just explained, a a ranch over a basement with a second level. So we got three levels total. I do the inspection. I find some missing shingles up on the roof. When I go into the attic area, I'm going to pay close attention to the subroof and then the attic insulation around that area to make sure nothing's wet. Let's say I go up into the attic and I find suspected mold. So do I run an air test or should I run a direct sample or do a direct sample? If we believe we are looking at mold, we can, if you want to test for it, we can take a bulk sample. So if it's on insulation, I can literally put it in a Ziploc bag and send that off to the lab. And they can analyze that and say, yep, that's mold or no, it's just discoloration because it got wet. By the way, wet insulation usually is a darker color, black. That doesn't mean it's mold growth. Anyhow, let's say I'm doing an inspection and in your 
basement bedroom, I find water stains on one wall. That wall's the backside of a bathroom. Well, what I can do is I can look at things with my infrared camera. I can do a wall cavity test, which we literally drill a hole. We take the baseboard off, drill a hole, put my equipment in there. I'm not going to go through how it works, but it's literally a tube we put in the wall and it attaches to an aerosol cassette and we can test the wall cavity. Let's say in that bedroom, let's say it's used as your office um, or maybe it's just your teenage child's room. I can also do a tape lift on top of a surface in that room. Like I could take it directly from the wall. I could, which normally I wouldn't, but I could do it from the top of the baseboard. I could take it from, you know, top of the door trim, like right over the door. I could take it from a bookshelf. And then also I can take an air test. So my point is, is when we do air testing, even if we think nothing is wrong, I do try to take a tape lift, at least one, if not two or three, from different areas that I believe could be problematic areas. And that way, if we come back and the air samples all look good, the tape lifts don't show any mold types, which is what you're looking at with a tape lift, then I can say to my client, yeah, we did a full inspection. We used an infrared camera, moisture meter. We did tape lifts. We did air samples and everything looks good. Now I don't tell my client everything's fine. You don't have to worry about anything. As all of you know, we all are affected by mold differently. What might make me sick might not make you sick. What might not make you sick could make your child sick. What might make your child sick might not make your parents sick. So it's just things you got to realize when it comes to mold testing. It's very complex. And, you know, my wife always says it's like the CSI investigation that I do. And that's what you have to do as a mold specialist. We're, you know, as time consuming as it is, you're hiring me and trusting me to tell you whether mold is making you sick or not. And, you know, just has nothing to do with this podcast episode, but one thing I'm very clear about with my clients, and I want to be clear with you as listeners, we can't just do an inspection and air testing and tape lifts and walk away and say, yep, you're not sick from mold. If we look at all the results and we don't find any red flags or no concerns with it, the next step is to have you tested for mycotoxins. And that's, you know, that's where the Dr. Foxes come in. There's Dr. Jill, Dr. Fox. I'm sure all of you know, and matter of fact, it's almost my top listened to episode, but the, the podcast we did with Dr. Fox, she was very informative. That's who I work with. She's based out of Colorado, so she's close. But my point is this, is you can't just look at an inspection, air testing, and tape lift, and even ERMI, and say to your spouse, no, this isn't making you sick. You do have to take that next step and get a doctor involved and do the medical side of things. So hopefully I did a decent job explaining. This is why, uh, you know, I'm sure you listeners like to, to have my wife on. She asks questions that I don't think about, but hopefully I explained everything. But that's why we do not just do air testing by itself. I don't believe it's the most accurate way to do things. Anyhow, but this was episode 229. I appreciate you listening. I will put a link in the description of this podcast, or you can go to our website. But I obviously do VPAs, so... You know, if you live in Utah or Wyoming, I'm more than happy to come to your place and do a full mold inspection. But the next best thing, if you live in Virginia or New York or Pennsylvania or wherever, I can do a VPA, which is a virtual property assessment. I will put that link in the description of this podcast. But thanks for listening and have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.